Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. You know, it's just unfortunate for our group that's that played through it. In November, I don't know how many guys we played without and, and, and battled um, and lost a lot of games. Um, you know, and obviously now uh, that we're healthy, uh, we're missing all these games. All right, Darius sends head coach DJ Smith a little frustrated his team had to play through COVID and get hounded. And now that they're shutting things down for other teams, not just for safety's sake, by the way, but so the clubs don't lose revenue. Anyway, I'm getting right into the show when I should be saying hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. It's Steve Warren, along with the coach Greg Kennedy, coming up today on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. When the heck will the Sens play hockey again? Make it 13 postponed games, and it's another episode of Dissecting Dorian. Do I have the jingle handy? Do I have it early? I, let's see here. Dissecting Dorian. We're a team. So I threw in we're a team in there, so that makes it all the best. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being with us. We hope you enjoy the show. How are things, Coach? <laughs> things are good, Steve. I'm in a uh, I'm in a travel lodge in uh, downtown Thunder Bay. Of course you are. Yeah. Uh, and just to reset, you are the former head coach and GM of the Slave Lake Ice Dogs Junior Hockey Club, and so you're in, you're why why are you in Thunder Bay again? <laughs> well, I'd already spent eight hundred dollars on a return flight to go home to Ottawa for Christmas. And uh, around the last game or so before Christmas, we, we kind of decided I wasn't going to be returning. So I, but I already had the flight. So I flew home for Christmas. I flew back and had to pick up my car and my stuff. So I'm driving home. Right. You've gone yeah. to get your car and got your, got your, got your stuff. Okay. And yeah, you've had yeah. some, uh, you've had some oh, serious God. Canadian January weather and <laughs> some road closures to deal with. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, highway 17, just South of uh, Kenora was closed. So I, I come driving along and there's an OPP guy standing there. He says, sorry, road's closed for the next however many clicks. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? And the guy, the guy says, well, you can go back into Kenora, I guess. So I turned around and went back and spent a day in Kenora. But the thing was, I got there at like 10 o'clock in the morning because I'd spent the night before in Winnipeg. Everything was fine. I'm sailing right along. And I ended up spending an extra day just lounging around in downtown Kenora. And then get up uh, this morning and checked, and oh, roads open. I get out there, and sure, as soon as I get there, no, nope, it's closed yeah. again this time. So I took uh, I took a cut off another way. I went through Fort Francis, and now I'm in Thunder Bay. Whatever, I'll be I'll be home in a couple of days. I'm in no hurry. I got nothing on the plate, so who knows? Well, we're all improvising through these crazy <laughs> times for sure at this stage of the game. Um, a show note. Uh, we took a few days off for the holidays, so we're, we've had, this is probably the longest we've gone maybe in the history of the show without doing a Sens Nation podcast. And then after a few days off for the holidays, I came down with whatever the hell I'm dealing with right now. So apologies in advance if I'm sounding a little plugged up, for lack of a better phrase. So uh, yeah, we're all improvising is my point, though. And the Sens included in that, seems like nobody's been hit harder by the COVID thing as far as the sporting schedule goes, harder than the Sens have. They've now, as we learned earlier today, they're going to miss another game. Postponed this Monday game against Edmonton that was supposed to happen, and it looked like the Oilers were in good shape, and uh, all of a sudden, COVID hits them. Connor McDavid came back out of COVID. Looked they, like they were healing up, but as it tends to, it's uh, ripping through the Oilers, so they're postponing it until next Saturday. So it looks like we've got another week happening here, primarily without games. We've had one hockey game played, and it was a 6 nothing loss to the Leafs, one hockey game played since 
December 18th. It's crazy, isn't it? It's ridiculous. Like I just, we said it at the time when the senators, uh, the first time that uh, COVID ran through the senator dressing room, as it went to six guys, seven guys, eight guys, we're like, how many players does it have to be before the league steps in? And we found out that the number was 10 because I believe it got, or was it nine? I don't remember, but I think it was 10. Once it finally got to 10, they shut down the senators. Okay, great. But the next week, the Islanders were at eight and they shut them down. So I don't get it. I don't understand why they can't stick to some sort of a protocol. And I understand why uh, coach DJ Smith is upset about this because the, the senators played those games before they got to 10 and before they got shut down, they were playing games with a, you know, not a strong lineup and, and were losing games to, uh, to teams that were fully healthy. And, and now it seems that everybody gets off a lot easier than they did back then. Yeah, the Sens are at full health now. With the the exception of the long-term injuries to Pinto and Colin White, they are all hands on deck right now. So honestly, with all due respect to the Oilers, like they've earned the right to go in there and kick the ever-loving crap out of the Oilers. Not only because of COVID, but for revenge from last year when the Oilers went like what nine nine and zero against the Sens, <laughs> they almost deserve the opportunity to get in there and tee off on the Oilers on Monday. Yeah, and, and the Oilers are struggling big time. This is this is oh, the yeah. right time to play them. This is the right time to to go in there and and play them when they're when they're. I, I think it's what what is it? Is it uh, two and eight and one or something? It's it's pretty bad. I I, yeah. I had prepared for the show and written stuff down, and then it was like, well, what's it really matter anyway? They're not playing them now. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, in the meantime, there's been news since we last got together. We'll recap some of it here. And uh, one of the most interesting things that has happened since, the, since we last got together, I mean, the 6 nothing loss to the Leafs, I'd like to, you know, let me just go ahead and crumple that up, crumple it up completely. But uh, Pierre Dorian held court with uh, TSN 1200, Steve Lloyd, and uh, I believe, I don't know if it's Chris Stevenson or Graham Creech. I think it was Graham Creech that day. Um, so he had a lot to say about the state of the Ottawa Senators. And one of the things he talked about, well, he gave us an update on their roster, for example. And uh, since then, again, it's all hands on deck at this stage of the game. You've got uh, Michael Delzato, though, going down to the minors where he's ripping it up. He's like seven points in four games or something like that. Lassie Thompson goes down. Max Gannett goes down to Belleville as well. And so, uh, yeah, it's all hands on deck from a roster standpoint. But the goalie situation now, also happening since we were last together, Anton Forsberg came off protocol. So all three goalies are available on this trip, as it turns out. But uh, I wonder what's your thought on the way things will play out? Because one of the things that Pierre Dorian talked about in that conversation with TSN 1200, he said he told Matt Murray that Christmas or New Year, he would be back and wanted to keep his word. I'm not sure why you would exactly say that. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe say bring it back when we're starting to play well, but we surprised to hear Dorian make that kind of vow. Well, no, actually, no. You're you're paying a guy six and a half million. It's a uh, it takes a lot of guts to go to a guy like that and say we're sending you down. So there had to be some sort of a carrot there offered, and it makes sense. Like we 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 kind of figured he'd be back for the new year, so it makes sense that he said that to him. And um, in the big picture, you don't want. Gustafson up here not playing you want Gustafson down there playing so it makes sense to bring Murray back now 
until trade deadline when you're probably going to trade Forsberg and then you bring Gustafson back up. Yeah, I suppose so. I guess I'm in the mode of he only played two games there. Uh, My feeling would be you've taken this dramatic step to send Matt Murray down to get his mojo back. And, well, he didn't really get it back because he didn't have an opportunity to get it back and just brought him back out of policy. You've already kind of offended the player by sending him down. Uh, I found it kind of interesting that he would do it with that end game to it. Do you think that Gustafson is now the next to go down? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it it, um, it can't be Forsberg. Well, I mean, it could be, but uh, Gustafson is is waiver exempt, so he's the guy who should go, and he's the guy that you want to play. Um, I think the bigger question here is, what happens if Matt Murray isn't any better? What happens when the Sens start playing again? What's going to happen if Matt Murray's not good the rest of the way? Yeah, that's my exact thought. Yeah, and when I when I have this. I mean, whatever reason it is that you send him down to the minors, what's changed? It's the same goalie. Nothing's changed. He hasn't yeah. he hasn't shown anything that that he's going to be better than he's been. And uh, I, I found that all fairly interesting. Some other things, uh, he gave an injury update. Oh, by the way, yeah. I've sort of slid into dissecting Dorian. Um, I know I played it off the top, but I think it's bad form to actually not have the jingle here. Sorry. <laughs> dissecting Dorian. Poor team. He also gave an in, uh, an update on Colin White and Shane Pinto, and both of them are going to be out until March. They're, they're saying Colin White, because everybody got excited this week and last week because Colin White um, was seen skating at practice, but not really involved. And as it turns out, Colin White will be available until at least early March, and then Shane Pinto might be out even longer than that. For me, um, when it comes to Shane Pinto, if he's not available somewhere in that early March range, I'm writing him off for the season. Take the rest of the year off. Have a great, healthy summer, particularly after what we saw the night he got hurt, tried to come back, and then tried to come back again eight games later, and now he is where he is. I don't have any interest in sh- seeing Shane Pinto again this season unless the Sens do something miraculous and get back in a playoff chase. I would concur, um, especially if it's iffy. If he's 100%, no doubt about it, he can go, then okay. I, I don't have a problem with him playing games down the stretch. Um, I'm more interested in seeing Colin White get back here, um, especially if it can be before the March 21st, I believe, is the trade deadline this year. If you if somebody's willing to take that contract or you eat a little bit of it to get rid of him, it's probably cheaper for the Senators to trade him and eat a little bit of his contract than it is to buy him out after the season. I'm, I'm, I'd really like to see Colin White get back in here and and just so we can he can showcase whatever you can showcase if you're Colin White and and show that uh, that maybe you're worth something to somebody somewhere and you can get him out of here. Given that the salary cap is not a concern for the Sens, we can we can go ahead and fairly measure the hockey skills of Colin White. And do you feel like he is in the top four? as far as ranking centerman on this team or not? Well, when you take the contract out of it, yeah, like you're saying, right? Because um, you can. You can effectively because yeah, the Sens right. aren't up against it yeah. not right now. Well, if you're going to say that Stutzla is now a centerman, then both he and Norris are ahead of Colin White. Um, I believe that Shane Pinto was ahead of him. Um, so now you're looking at fourth line center. 
Is he a better fourth line center for you than any number of other guys uh, like a Clark Bishop or a Chris Tierney? Uh, yeah, maybe he's a little bit better than some of those guys, but I'm still getting rid of him. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what you're getting at? That maybe because money doesn't matter, maybe he stays? Well, it's on my to-do list. Uh, a okay. buyout is, uh, is just around the corner. Certainly because you've got to pay Josh Norris a new contract in the coming off season. There's lots of really good players coming along here, and it will, within a year or two, it'll be a contract you have to get rid of. But in the here and now, I'm just, I just threw it out there as a question, yeah. what you think of Colin White, uh, because money isn't really an object as far as you know cap space goes, but it will be soon. Um, I don't think uh, I want to have a look at Colin White any longer. I think I've seen enough. Although I will say this about Tim Stutzla. He's going to have to get a heck of a lot better on faceoffs. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. I, think he was, I think he was like 13% against the Leafs. That's not going to be good enough. And I don't know what the answer is because he's playing with with non-centers in that sense, like he was with Nick Paul, but you've you've moved Formanton in there now, and you've got Connor Brown on the other side. So really, the two guys who could maybe take draws, wingers who could take draws, are Batherson and Kachuk, especially Kachuk. So you really don't have anybody that Stutzla's playing with who can take face-offs for him. So yeah, he's got to get better. And But Steve, there's a lot of practice time lately. No games, and he he's one of the few, knock on wood, who hasn't had COVID. So, hey, he's there at practice every day. He could be working on his draws. Right, and I'm sure he is. He actually, in the Toronto game, just grabbed the game sheet while you were talking there, and he got top-line minutes to start that game with Kachuk and Batherson, but by the 30-minute mark, DJ Smith had seen enough, and he moved Tim Stutzla off that line to start playing, as you mentioned, with Formanton and Brown. And the face-off attempts for Tim Stutzla, I think he only had eight, eight, seven or eight. He went one and seven. Brady Kachuk had comparable attempts. He was three and five on the night. And Connor Brown, two and five. So kind of interesting that it seems, based on the stats, that uh, both Kachuk and Brown were spelling Stutzla in certain cases. A couple of things I wanted to mention uh, about going back. I want to go back to Matt Murray briefly for a second here. Okay. Um, I think I was so excited about getting the jingle in there that I forgot <laughs> to ask you a couple of questions about Matt Murray. Okay. Uh, of course, he got sh- he got shelled in that 6 nothing loss to Toronto. W- why was he the starter in that game, I guess, is going to be my question here. I guess they gave it to him because they called him up and he's ready to go. Maybe that was something else that uh, Pierre promised him. Pierre promised him he'd be up late December or New Year at the latest, so okay, you're up, you were going to throw you in. But then again, Pierre doesn't make the decisions as to who plays, so why did DJ Smith play Matt Murray against the Leafs? I honestly have no idea. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't the reason they lost the game, obviously. They didn't even score a goal, but he looked no better or no worse than he had the rest of the season. So why did he get the start? Maybe just, hey, buddy, here's yet another opportunity for you to stake a claim here, plant your flag in the earth and take this spot or whatever. Who knows? How frustrated would you be if you're Philip Gustafson, right? You've outplayed this guy to the point where they sent Matt Murray down. So you're thinking, okay, I see where things are in the, in in the grand scheme of things. I, I, you know, I got a shot here. And and then all of a sudden without proving anything down in Belleville per se, it seems like they go right back into the mode of favoritism based on contract. But if I'm Philip Gustafson, not that I have many choices in the world right now at this stage of my career, 
I'd find uh, I'd find that very very disappointing that you immediately go to Matt Murray when I haven't been playing. I haven't been playing at all here. No, I'm not the Sens haven't either. But it would seem to me that I should be next in line. Yeah, like was it was it maybe um, okay? Let's get Murray in here and see that he's good to go, and then we can send Gus down again tomorrow. Was it something along those lines? But then that maybe. didn't end up happening either, right? Because of the all the COVID and all the problems and canceled games and all the crap going on around him. And then, of course, Forsberg went into protocol too, did he not? He was slow coming out, right? He was supposed to be out on Wednesday, then it was Thursday, then it was Friday. So, like, who knows? But again, yeah, like you raise a damn good point. Why wasn't it Gus's game if Forsberg's out of the lineup? Still with dissecting Dorian and talking to TSN 1200, Dorian talked about Jake Sanderson. So it was a great op- honor to represent your country at the World Junior Hockey Championships. And in Sanderson's case, of course, the captain said it was too bad it was canceled. And Dorian also said the team would support Sanderson if he gets, gets asked by Team USA to go to this year's Olympics. That's what all the reports are saying, Greg, that he could be headed to Beijing with Team USA. But I've not heard anything official. I don't know if you have, but... Uh, Maybe a word from you on what that would mean to the kids' development to be out there playing against men. Well, from a development standpoint, it's awesome. I come at it differently. I'm thinking if I'm one of his teammates at UND or more so at Michigan with uh, with power, where that's a team that could win a national championship, do I want my teammate screwing off on us again? If I'm the coach, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit, Leary, I'm hoping that the kid says no, but of course I would never tell the kid to say no. I say, yeah, that's a great opportunity. Go for it, young man. But selfishly and team wise, I don't know that all these guys leaving their teams is going to be a great thing. Some of them, it's really going to affect their teams when they're gone. Yep, it's true. Although it looks like they're going to have to get over it at North Dakota because according to the Grand Forks Herald today, looking online right now, Jake Sanderson has indeed accepted a U.S. Olympic invite. That is a report from Brad Schlossman, who covers North Dakota's hockey team on a regular basis. So if that's accurate, that'll be kind of a cool thing for Sens fans to watch in Beijing. I guess my follow-up to that would be, given that Jake Sanderson was just at the World Juniors and they got canceled or postponed, and now he's going to be at the Olympics, I wonder which of these tournaments is better for Jake Sanderson. Well, I think anything where he could play against older players is probably the better the better uh, place for him to be from a development standpoint. Unfortunately, these older players aren't going to be as strong as they could be elsewhere. But right. um, I, I would think the field is probably still going to be better than a, than a U-20, better than a World Junior, because there will be 21, 22, 23-year-olds at least. You're going to have older college players. You're going to have... Uh, middle 20s or late 20s guys coming from pro and European pros playing. So the competition will be will be higher. It still wouldn't be obviously as good as it would in a normal Olympics, as you just alluded to, but it's it would still be tougher competition for any guy, uh, especially a guy in like, like a Power or a Sanderson or any of these guys we're talking about. Right. Okay, when we come back on the show, Greg, we're going to finish up our reaction to Pierre Dorian's radio appearance last week. Is there a chance the second best scorer in the KHL could sign on with the Sens. We'll get to that after these words.
The new year is upon us, and Jim K. Ford will be celebrating their 40th anniversary in 2022. They're one of the longest-running dealerships in the entire city. I've been going to them for about 20 years now, and they've always taken care of me for my vehicle needs, and certainly they've been great supporters of this podcast. So if you need a new vehicle or a certified pre-owned one, we hope you'll give them a shot because they are fantastic. Check them out today, jimkford.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. The Jim K. Ford Sends Nation Podcast. And the final point in dissecting Dorian. Dorian says that they're in talks with Andre Kuzmenko. He is a forward who's playing in the KHL with St. Petersburg. And Pierre said he was just texting with, not maybe not Kuzmenko's agent, but somebody in, in their camp. He's trying to sell them on the the Sens would be a good NHL destination for Kuzmenko. Bruce Garriock, who, as we all know, has a direct pipeline to the organization, he said there's a good chance that it could happen. And uh, this is a guy who played with Artem Zub for two years in the KHL because that's where Zub came from, same team. So what do you, I've seen the highlights of the guy. Looks like he's got a lot of skill. He's second in KHL scoring overall. So seems like a guy you should have some interest in. Yeah. If it's a free player, uh, not doesn't cost you a draft point, doesn't cost you any any uh, assets to acquire him other than money, uh, I'm in favor. Sure, give it a shot. Yeah, and Zub wouldn't just be a guy that could be talking to him. He would be a good scout for them because he was a teammate for two freaking years. He will have seen this player play a hell of a lot more than any NHL scout. And so I think he's fond of the Ottawa Senators and doing well with this team. And if this guy can't play, I think that he'd be the first guy to pipe up. But who knows for sure? You always like your buddies around. And I'm sure you'd like more guys to talk to in that room who speak your language. <laughs> so sure. anyway, um, that'll do it for dissecting Dorian. Like, should I play it again? I just played it. No, God. Okay, fine. No, God, please. No, no. So here is your Ottawa Senator postponement tracker. So you've basically got, got, I don't have any music for that. Do you? No. You see, you sing sing something live if you like. No, it's okay. So you've got, uh, all you have to do is uh, reschedule the Nashville game, the Ranger game, the Bruins game, the Blues, Hurricanes, Capitals, Bruins, Penguins, Wild Kraken, Canucks, uh, Oilers. And uh, we're not, Thursday against Calgary, there's still hope that they'll play that game. 13 games, you've got a three-week Olympic break to make up 13 games. That's, let's say, 13 divided by three when I went to school was four and a third, I think. So so you got to make up, that's three weeks of four games, which is not ideal and is not normal uh, in the NHL. Like some weeks you'll play four, but generally you'll play three games a week. So that's a lot to make up. Yeah, they've got other dates here and there where I guess they could slip one in and slip another one in, but... There's the whole travel thing to factor into all of this, too. I wouldn't want to be the poor guy sitting down trying to work this all out with all these games to be made up by all these teams. And like, man, can you imagine trying to figure this out, Steve? I'd hate the idea. (laughs) Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Exactly. Does anybody see a light at the end of the COVID tunnel? The first step is stop postponing games. Like, Like, figure it out. Make them play. Do something to get going because you have you not reached that point yet? I think they've already reached the point where they can't postpone any more games. 
like enough's enough. We got to start playing games here, fellas. Or maybe they need to start rescheduling some of the other games already. There's some teams that don't have many, like the Sens got 13 to pull, to reschedule. Other teams only got six or seven. So we don't need to worry about them so much. But if I'm already at 13, then you might want to start rescheduling some of my games now if you're going to postpone more. Public health is always going to be a factor in this thing. Obviously, they are going to be making their own rules in each of the provinces in Canada, for example. Uh, some of these decisions are being made based on lack of or loss of revenue. Um, that Oiler game on Monday night, for example, that's clearly a public health issue because there's so many Oilers yeah. right now dealing with COVID. Uh, but there's other games that are being canceled because, well, they had a year last year that basically was almost all non-fan. And uh, money's tight in some cases. I'm saying instead of, okay, we, we're postponing this Vancouver game, we're postponing this Edmonton game. Instead of just sitting at home, twiddling your thumbs and practicing, well, wait a minute, can we play Boston? Because we got to play them twice, I think. We, we still got to play a game against Carolina. Instead of sitting around for a week, is there not some other team that could be playing in the meantime that's available and, and able to play? I, I, I don't know. Am I dreaming here or what? Well, yeah, I think uh, Ottawa's not exactly high on the NHL's list of uh, trying to rectify things. But, uh, <laughs> and, and like DJ Smith said off the top of the show, in that clip where it's kind of frustrating that there's such a different reaction, but this thing is evolving and changing as we go, as we talked about. I wonder about free agency, just jumping ahead to that. Former goalie Mike McKenna, he was here for a very brief time as his own podcast, and he had a very interesting take about what this means to Canadian teams because COVID does not have, have a, well, at least an imminent light at the end of the tunnel. It, it, it feels like, okay, we got vaccinated. Now they're, Everybody's scrambling to get a third booster. And by the time everybody's got a third booster, the virus will have evolved into something else. We'll need a fourth booster. It just doesn't feel like it has a light at the end of the tunnel that I can see. And that said, I mean, if you've been sitting there as a Canadian hockey fan, hoping a Canadian hockey team would win a Stanley Cup soon, how dead in the water are Canadian teams when it comes to going out and getting unrestricted free agents? Long story short, why would an NHL player based on the harsh rules we have in Canada right now. Like, it se seems to me that free agency will be really, really tough for the Canadian teams, Leafs included. I mean, they they have a chance to win, but that's the only that's the only thing that kind of saves them. Everybody else in Canada feels like they're going to be really shorthanded when it comes to attracting free agents. Yeah, I, I don't know, eh? Like, a lot of times it's you, you think things affect things, and they don't. Like, if I'm a free agent... Uh, you think automatically I'm not going to Winnipeg. It's too goddamn cold there. I'm, you know, I'm not going to Edmonton. It's too cold there. But I, I, I still say that the team skill and Stanley Cup chances and high-end talent outweigh everything. So until we go through a, a free agent summer like this one coming up, as, as Mike McKenna has alluded to, until we go through it, I, I don't know that it's going to happen that way. I still think that, that the record dictates all. I still think that people aren't going to sign in Ottawa because they suck or they're cheap. I still think people aren't going to sign in Montreal because they really suck. Uh, you know, I think people will sign in Toronto because it's the Leafs and they're they're good. And Winnipeg and Edmonton are are iffy in that sense. I I, I think we got to wait and see what happens. But don't uh, don't just cast aside the the current status of a team or how good they are over trumping anything else. Right. 
players are hesitant to come to Canada as it is for various reasons. The weather, the complete spotlight on every freaking thing they do, uh, the tax situation. Uh, there's a myriad of reasons that a lot of players are hesitant to come to Canada. And then you throw the COVID thing onto the bonfire. It's just another thing. And it also applies to guys who have no trade clauses. And Kevin, good listener, sent me this text today. Hey, Steve, I hear lots of talk about trading for Claude Giroux and even more today. And I heard you say a while back that he probably would never come to Ottawa. Are you able to say why? I answered him with, um, that I think he'll only go to a team that's ready to win now. That's the only part of the angle that I'm willing to go public with. But there's another angle as well that uh, that I don't think the Sens would be a place where he would move or waive his no-move clause. And the other thing that I told him, and I, as I wrote it to him, I was like, that is brutally true, unfortunately. <laughs> like, my, my thought was that I hate to say it, but if you don't have better options than Ottawa if you're Claude Giroux, you're probably not much of a difference maker anymore. Yeah, if, if Ottawa is one of your top two or three choices of a place to say, yeah, okay, I'll waive my no trade and I'll go there, then how much of a difference could I really be making? Like, like trust me, any of the top five or six teams in the NHL, any of the teams in the uh, mushy middle who think they've got a shot would all be interested in adding Claude Giroux at this point in his career. So right off the bat, Ottawa Senators, non-playoff team, not looking good as a playoff team for next year or not looking good as a Stanley Cup contender for at least another couple of years would not be on his list of teams he'd want to go to. Having said all that, the story's out there. It persists. It's uh, It's been sticking around since last summer. As uh, and, and even people have said, you know, he might just wave his no trade to go there. He likes it there. His summer home, yada, yada. He's he's closer to his, his uh, original home in Hearst and all that sort of stuff. So... I don't think you can fully dismiss it yet, but uh, at come trade deadline time, I'm sure there's going to be lots of other suitors ahead of Ottawa on the list. On the prospect watch, a couple of notes that I want to get to before we wrap up the show today. You remember the name Johnny Tyconic? He was a second rounder back in, I think it was, was it was at the 2018 draft. I think it was after Brady Kachuk and Jacob Bernard Docker were both first-rounders of the Sens that year. Well, Johnny Tyconic was also chosen very early in the second round that year, and he seemed at the time to be a high-skill, sort of smallish defenseman, and he had that I'm-going-to-North-Dakota thing happening as well. <laughs> and it didn't really work out for him at North Dakota to the point where he actually transferred to Omaha, and he hasn't exactly lit it up there. We haven't heard a lot about Johnny Tyconic. And the reality is he's he's had a hard time staying healthy. He's had COVID. He's had injuries. He's only played six games this year because of another injury. And he's feeling right now like, okay, this is kind of my make or break part of the season. I got the second half coming up here. And I haven't been watching Tyconic or anything like that. But it's certainly, you know, a guy to keep an eye on because the Sens are going to have to decide whether or not they even offer this guy a contract between now and the end of the season. Yeah, you know what, Steve? He he could probably land a spot in Belleville right now. They've probably only got about two or three defensemen down there. The kid could probably call up Pierre Dorian and say, okay, I'm ready to come out right now, and he could finish the season in Belleville if he wanted to. Yeah, he's a UFA outright if he doesn't get signed, I think, by yeah. August, I think, is the, uh, the cut down. So if he signs with Belleville at some point this year, it's probably, I mean, it's tracking toward the Senators and Tyconic 
Harding Company, unless Tyconic does something pretty special here in the last few months. Philip Dow is the other name I wanted to throw out there. He's yeah. a guy that was a sixth round, uh, sixth rounder from a couple of years ago, and I, I actually noticed him a little bit at camp this year. Certainly at rookie camp, he was noticeable, and he, his speed was noticeable again at main camp. And then he suffered an injury, and we kind of didn't hear a lot from him. But they signed him to an amateur tryout to play in Belleville, and I found it kind of interesting that. I guess they had the choice. We could send him back to the uh, Quebec Junior Hockey League or keep him around with Belleville. And for a sixth rounder, that seems a bit odd. Maybe it's a testament to how well he played at camp that they thought he was ready to play with the Belleville Senators. He had zero goals, five assists, and 15 games. So he clearly wasn't ready for the American Hockey League. So he's going back. They announced this week he's going to end up back in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And he's going to be playing with the St. John Sea Dogs. He was traded by Moncton to the Sea Dogs. So that'd be kind of cool from him, from his perspective, that he gets to play in a Memorial Cup. <laughs> yeah, if there is one. <clears throat> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. But no, interesting. Huh? Like what COVID does and, and the way that things have been going lately in the NHL and with the, with the uh, lineup that you're trying to ice a lineup in Belleville. I guess you were they were they were looking for players and hey here's a guy why don't we why don't we give this guy a shot um we add to that yeah they, he obviously did something to show that he was worthy of of the tryout but only an amateur tryout so he could go he left his door open there the whole time to go back to the queue and now back he goes so I don't know but you're right a 6 round draft choice at with junior years of eligibility doesn't generally play a pro hockey in the American Hockey League yeah, we have that conversation about a guy like uh, Ridley Gregg, for example. It's usually a discussion about guys organizations are excited about, and sixth rounder is usually an automatic back to junior with you if you have that opportunity. And certainly his stats would bear out that Belleville probably was not the best place for him. Anyway, uh, just a name to keep an eye on among the prospects. I'm going to go take care of this virus, whatever the hell I've got. Uh, am I supposed to go get tested? I think I'm supposed to go get tested. I don't get in the system or something. Well, I don't know. Do you have symptoms? I've got them all, Greg. I've got them all. How's your taste buds? I don't have that one. Okay. Can you smell? I can't taste. I, I can taste and smell. Yep. Okay. Then you're fine. You just got a cold, Steve. I don't think that's universal. I think everybody gets it differently. Oh. I've got the whole deal. I've got, nobody wants to hear my, my symptoms, <laughs> cold or COVID. Moving on. Okay. All right. Let's all get right. out of here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being with us today. Our website is sensnationhockey.com there are all kinds of cool sends articles up there and uh, other neat stuff as well including how you can contact us we love your feedback any questions you have on the ottawa senators that you want to have us field tackle whatever you want then send them along again our website sensnationhockey.com enjoy your day and we'll talk to you soon bye now thanks for being with us on the jim k ford sends nation podcast if you're enjoying the show please subscribe and review Share this show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SendsNationHockey.com.